0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red Podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today, of course, is not our full time Liverpool correspondent, James Pearce, both home and away. He's very much at home still, but he's back in this week, thankfully. However, I am joined with the tallest member of the sport. Joined by the, the <laughs> tallest member of the sports desk. It's Paul Ghost. Hi, Paul. Hello, Ian. Also, I have Christian Walsh. I
0: was wondering, you going to say I was the
1: shortest? Though. No, I was going to say baldest. but <laughs> actually, you are. <laughs> on, well, yeah, well, you are actually. Hold on, glass houses. Well, yeah, but I've got ten years on you. You've still got. No, I've still got more. Eighteen years. Yeah. Anyway, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Paul didn't bother. He never does. He never does. And also joining us as a special guest for one pod, at least for now, only. It's Liverpool fan Kiva O'Neill. I have pronounced that right, yeah, haven't I? Yeah, that's
2: correct. Hello, everyone.
1: Hello, and what are you doing here? I
2: don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> it's another a question for all of us. <laughs> anyway, right,
1: as everybody knows, it's the international break, which means that there's been not a lot going on. Well, you'd think that, wouldn't you? However, there has been. Uh, Paul, the first thing that happened over the weekend is Brazil played. Brazil played against America, 1-2-0. A certain Mr. Fabinho was playing for Brazil. That right back. I mean, what was your take on that?
3: He was, yeah. Um, he was called into the squad, wasn't he? With uh, Wagner, who played during the World Cup, and they were the only two right backs in the squad. And uh, Wagner pulled out through injury, so he was nailed on to start. I think they called up Diego Militao from Porto, and yeah, Fabinho started against America. Uh, didn't see the game. It was in uh, it was at the MetLife Stadium, wasn't it, in New York? Um, he, by all accounts, he had a solid game down the right. I don't think we'll see him there much for Liverpool, but good to see him getting on the pitch and basically getting some minutes under his belt because, let's face it, that's what he needs at the moment. So, good to see him on the pitch, yeah. Christian?
0: The MetLife Stadium's in New Jersey, by the way. Ah, OK. <laughs> Apologies to all my uh, American <laughs> friends. N- NFL stickler there, just, just get it right. Uh, yeah, it's it's the curious case of Fabinho carries yeah. on, doesn't it? It's 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 so strange that we still haven't seen a minute of him in a Liverpool shirt, yeah, despite the fact that he costs nearly £40 million. Pounds. Obviously, we know why that is, and Jürgen Klopp is still letting him adapt and still getting him up to speed with the way that Liverpool play and, and Klopp's methods. So it feels fitting that the first time we have seen him this season is actually in a Brazil shirt, in a position that he hasn't played for in three years. It's just one of, one of those weird situations when it comes to Fabinho. I don't think it's, a, it's nice for him to get time under his belt, I think uh, well, he seemed quite
1: happy with it afterwards. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you be? He hasn't played since May, um, so it's 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 good for him. It'll keep him sharp. I'm sure that was one of the instances where Jurgen Klopp was probably quite happy to see one of his players play on an international duty, just because I think that is is quite helpful for him. Keeps him fresh, keeps him fit, and can't wait to see him not be on the bench against Tottenham.
1: I mean Kiva we've been speaking about Fabinho for very clever Christian there by the way uh, we've been speaking about Fabinho for some time I mean what's your take on it looking out from afar I mean what, what have you are you worried of the fact that he's not he hasn't kicked a ball yet for Liverpool
2: no I'm not too worried I, I didn't watch the game the Brazil game but um, it's alright none of us did it's okay. yeah, it was in the middle of the night I think wasn't it and, yeah. Yeah, no one was staying up for that I just sort of woke up to little clips and he i seen someone write that he looked monstrous and I just love that word and I was thinking yeah, monstrous, we'll go with that, let's wait for this monster to to play for Liverpool in any position that you know, we'll have him in, but um, it, it is a bit mad because he's obviously played right back and we're thinking, you know, here's our sort of midfielder, defensive midfielder coming in and we haven't seen a minute of him, but it's a good thing isn't it, we've got through them four games unscathed and we still haven't played our you know, the the player that come in and sort of got us over not over Kev but he came in straight away and it was like, you know, it lifted our spirits a little bit. So I think um I think when we do see him, hope he is a monster. <laughs>
1: I mean, he didn't lift my spirits when he signed. What was it? Nine o'clock at night. I just got back from Kia. I was looking forward to going to bed, to be honest. Do you remember but, that phone call? Yes, I do remember that phone call. Yes, I was not impressed. Surprise. <laughs> anyway, uh, he wasn't the only Liverpool player to play for Brazil. Uh, Ghosty Roberto Firmino. I mean, we did this to death during the World yeah. Cup. And how on earth was he not playing for Brazil? Turns out that the, the, the Brazilian manager, is it Tite, is that Tite? Tite? That's how I pronounce it? Yeah. Tite, he... Um, He went with him, he said that he deserves a chance, along with, I think, Douglas Costa was the the other one, and them two combined for the first goal for Brazil, but Firmino, we've we've done a little about him this season, whether or not we're worried about, he's had a bit of a post-World Cup hangover, but scored against Leicester last time out, scored here, it's kind of coming together for him a little bit now, isn't it? It is,
3: yeah, I mean, I think people are kind of judging it on he's not playing as well, because... The judging it against his best moments of last season. I think that's just the general thing with the whole team. You know, for Firmino, uh, Firmino scored twenty seven goals last season, obviously a career best. So people are kind of looking at it as though he should have just continued that form, which was the tail end of last season. It doesn't always work like that. It very rarely does, obviously coming off the back of the World Cup. I don't think he's been he's played particularly poorly. He just hasn't been firing on, on all cylinders and personally I'm not particularly worried that he isn't at the moment. I think he will slowly but surely get there. Um Like we've seen against Leicester, he probably should have scored earlier on, shouldn't he? He had a chance early on the first couple of minutes. He was unlucky not to get an assist against West Ham when he squared it for Salah. I think he's just finding his rhythm, so it was good to see him get on the score sheet against Leicester, obviously. And then again for Brazil, so yeah, um,
1: just carry on doing what he's doing. I've got no worries, really. Christian, you wrote something last week about the truth of, of Liverpool's front three, not just Firmino, but Salah and Mane as well, and basically saying that they're actually... What was the word you used? The more, the more economical with what yeah. they're doing this like season. That, yeah, I did actually. Like, yeah, the more economical in, in the sense that they're scoring as many goals as they did this time last season, but they're doing it with less shots.
0: Fewer shots as well, and, and it was also interesting in terms of the distribution of the the shots because Salah was taking a lot more this season than the and Firmino. Um, so maybe if he was a little bit more uh, clinical in front of goal, that could have been even higher. The, the seven goals that they scored. I said this before. I, I, I honestly don't think you can judge the front three or Liverpool in general yet. I think it's a case of just getting through to the first international break. Almost, to use a horse racing term, you know, hands and heels in terms of we just. What does that mean? I have no heels. idea what that means. No, 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 I've never heard of it until. So, wait, go, so what does it mean? So hands and heels is when you're a, a jockey on a horse. A <laughs> like jockey people. tend to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you don't want to. Overexert the horse. You don't want to. You don't want it to go to too you're well. You rein it in, in basically. Yeah. And hands and heels is the idea that you sort of you, you, you hold your hands and your heels up, so you're not riding it. You're just letting it sort of do. You, you're just letting it ride itself. If that makes sense.
1: Well, we, we've all learned something today. Did you know that, Kiva?
2: No, I didn't. Any what? tips for any races this week? Or? Need, no, don't,
0: <laughs> don't, don't listen don't, to don't me. ask me <laughs> <to> that. To <laughs> do not ask me that. That's a whole <laughs> <across> there. There. <laughs> um, So yeah, that's. Um, I think that's I think a lot of, not just Liverpool, a lot of clubs have been doing that. Certainly, the top six getting through that, those first four games. So I think with Liverpool, the the, the front three, that you know the fact that they're still scoring that amounts of goals, seven goals in four games, isn't a bad return at all. It's you know Liverpool as a whole only scored one fewer than Man City did in their first four games last season, and five of those came against Liverpool when they were down to ten men for you know more than a half of football. So I think I think they're fine. I think ultimately. What you had last season was the perfect storm of Mohamed Salah being the best player in Europe at the time. I genuinely believe he was better than Messi, uh, certainly for periods during that you know February, March, April period. Uh, you had Roberto Firmino, who was probably in the top five centre forwards in Europe as well. Um, you know Ronaldo overcalled him as a pure number nine, but then you got Lewandowski. Else are looking at there? Is Cavani? It, Cavani maybe, no, I, think Cavani. I think he's better no. than Cavani. No. Certainly on yeah. that form. Let's say he was top three then with Lewandowski and Ronaldo. You know, that's some company there. Suarez. Suarez, yeah. 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 So top four. <laughs> uh, it's getting worse yeah. though the longer we carry this
1: conversation on. Yeah, definitely top
0: twenty. <laughs> um, but and then the the one that maybe could have improved was Sadio Mane, and he has done. So it's 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 sort of balancing itself out because while those two haven't reached the Incredible high standards of last season. Yeah, Mane sort of gone one better than what he did last season already, and he's showing some uh, some real promise of kicking on and, and, and putting himself into that upper echelon as well. So ultimately, as long as as long as the scorer or creating or it doesn't matter who they're coming from or where they're coming from, the the, the main thing is that they are actually doing it, and I, I've got no concerns over them whatsoever. And also, what's got to be remembered is that. They've got other players to come in now. You know they've got Shakiri, they've got storage, Hopefully, um, they've you know even if you wanted to say Solanke and Origi, although you know we don't know when we'll see them necessarily. They've got players there to 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 alleviate the pressure on them, and uh, I think they'll be absolutely fine.
1: Kiva, are you a Bobby fan?
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Bobby, but um, I think this season I'm not expecting like loads and loads of goals. Like I'm not like score loads just because I'm so so happy with this defense, and I'm just like. I was, I've been saying like up the one nil Reds because they literally just want us to win 1-0 every game and I don't <laughs> care. Like We've never had a defence this good and I think Bobby, Sadio and Mo, they're just going to keep scoring anyway so we just we can expect that because they did last year and I'm just positive that they're going to do it again. But I'm just so happy for these clean sheets. I know that Leicester goal was a bit annoying but come in the best, the best kind of game because we've got a little break and a little bit of time to think about it and we didn't lose the game or any points from it so um, yeah I'm more just sort of focused on like our defence doing what it can do and I think just let them they're kind of like freestyles aren't they anyway they just do what they want they just sort of all run around and score like they, yeah so more yeah. about the defence this year just
1: I mean that's an interesting take so what you're saying is that because the defence has become so much better it's taken the pressure off the front three to deliver every single week's fans then aren't expecting them just to know, relying on them to get them going. Yeah, goals. I
2: mean, of course they do want them to score goals, like that's what we're we're in it for, aren't we, to celebrate. But I just think that with this defence we've got now, it's so strong. Like I feel like the pressures off them to they haven't they haven't come out and been as good as they were sorta to the tail end of last year or, or last last season. But I think they will get going and the good thing is that they haven't showed us yet quite what they're capable of. We we saw that last year, so that's still to come. And, you know, we've got four wins from four, so we couldn't really ask for any more.
0: I mean, pre Van Dyke, you think last season, Liverpool scored three at Wofford, didn't win the game. Scored three at Arsenal, didn't win the game. Sevilla. Sevilla didn't win the game. Three, three, threes in in one half campaigns. Incredible when you think about it. And ultimately, I'd be absolutely astonished if Liverpool scored three goals in a football game this season and didn't win it. I just can't see that happening again. So Liverpool can Liverpool can score one now, and they've got a very good chance of winning a game of football. They score two, it feels like they're, they're almost nailed on to win a game of football, and that's such a, a scene shift. Lovely to, feeling, like. yeah. It's so different. It's 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 a proper bygone era. So so tune in for Tottenham five, Liverpool three on Saturday. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Liverpool scored 135 goals last season, and he went out of the FA Cup in the, the fourth round, was he? Yeah. And the, yeah. the League Cup in, in the third. So there's, there's only two competitions that they they were in for any sustained period, and you know that that's a remarkable return. But they're not going to need to score anywhere near that this season to kind of achieve what they, what they want to, because the defense has just improved so much since January.
1: Who did Liverpool play in the FA Cup in 2017? Wolves. Wolves. That's right. Yeah. Oh, Plymouth and Wolves. That's I thought you were going
0: to say 2018 because I, I I blanked then. I was going to Liverpool beating the FA Cup it was Everton, in the fourth
3: round. Everton, Everton. West Brom? Everton, no, they didn't. Yeah, really no, lost they lost to
1: West Brom. I'm going to th- oh, third round, yeah, sure, yeah. Because yeah. no, I was just thinking, be, debut. If, if you had Leicester, uh, Chelsea in the League Cup, uh, Everton and West Brom, that's four Premier League teams in four draws, which that's slightly unusual for a team to get there.
0: Yeah, they haven't, they haven't really had any easy draws, Liverpool, have they, when you, in, in, in well, the cup competitions? Well, the Champions League group yeah. stage was quite straightforward. Yeah, they got Maribor. I reckon Ekowashi could give them
3: a game. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, we're on a good run.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do we mean we haven't played for a few weeks? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, before we go any further, I'm sure a lot of people have seen uh, quotes from Jibril Sise talking about Istanbul half-time. Now, there's been books, plays... Uh, all sorts of T V documentaries, you know, we've written thousands and thousands of words on it. All the players have had their say, but thirteen years on, Gorstee, he's managed to come up <laughs> with a new take on what happened at half time, where basically he says, you know, paraphrasing a little bit here, but Stephen Gerard, after Benita has said his bit, got up, told the the manager and the and the cho- coaching have to get out and uh, well invited them to leave, I should say. And then gave a little speech talking about, oh, I'm from Liverpool, I'm the captain, and I don't want to be embarrassed. And it made it sound like a little bit it was all about him, did, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he'd come out with all of this, and Jamie Carragher on Twitter got asked, basically, is this true? And he said, no.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think Gerrard will be thanking uh, Gibral Say for that one. And, uh, uh,
1: he, was, he, was, uh, yeah, he may have lost a bit in translation, because yeah, it un, sounded un, like unbe- he was crazy. Undoubtedly, he was Shisey it. didn't
3: mean anything yeah. by it. He was basically, it was just a mark of respect for the mm. player who he... Greatly admires, wasn't it? But he, the way he's kind of phrased it, is if Gerrard's gone, this is all about me. I don't want it to. I don't want to be remembered as the the embarrassment captain who lost the record Champions League final. Um, and look, he didn't mean anything by it at all. But you know, I'm glad the Carragher's come out and said that. You know, this didn't really happen because. You'd have thought somebody would yeah. have said it by now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gerard coming in and, and sweeping <laughs> everyone out and telling Benitez to sling his hook for 15 minutes while he gives the team talk of his life. Did,
1: but when you consider how much stuff happened at half time, you had the. Whole, who was it got injured? Fidan? was coming yeah. off yeah. and then he got changed. Then it's like, no, you're back on now because Fidan and there was the team talk where there was 12 people on the tactics board. Half like time th- was only fifteen minutes. There was, there was, like, like, there was like unicorns shopping yeah, yeah, around yeah, exactly, as well. You
0: yeah. know? <laughs> it was like, how much stuff could possibly happen in setting that? Also, take we, the we, time. Did, we didn't need character to tell us that wasn't true. As if Benitez was ever ever in <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that yeah. dressing room. Yeah, like, everything that we know about Raphael Benitez, what in his personality or character says? Actually, do you know what Stevie? You manage this. I'll, I'll be all right. I'll just, I'll just have, a will just have something to meet with Paco. But there's no doubt
3: C. didn't mean <laughs> anything. Kind of. He's just got, got he's, carried away, hasn't he? And let's face
2: writing a new play or something, you know. Yeah, you know. Well, <laughs> well, that's
1: they it. it that, that, well, don't say that because somebody <laughs> listening will do that. And, yeah. and I'm not sure I could cope with another one of them, to be honest. Um, uh, anyway, what else should we talk about now? What are we talking about? Main stand, that's it. Oh, just remember stand. the main stand. Now, Christine, you've not discovered this but pointed out that it's two years today from the first game under the new main stand. Uh, Liverpool played Leicester. Was it 4 1? It was 4 1, yeah. wasn't it? Did the, uh, the,
3: the game where Karius famously
1: um, used the goal kick to concede a corner? He did, and, and thankfully he never made any more mistakes in his Liverpool career that would in any way impact on the club or himself. Uh, <laughs> or, or anything to do with image rights either. We'll come to that in a minute, <laughs> don't worry. Um, but Christine, yeah, so it's been two years that they've been playing at Anfield. I think it's, we worked it out, was it three defeats? One in the FA Cup against West Brom, one in the league against... Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, and in, what was the other one? There was another one. Come on, Keevey, you
3: told it's us this. West
2: Brom. West I said Brom. that one. I yep, said uh, that. Um, what was the other one? What was the other one? I reckon it's only
3: one. Is it only two? Oh, wait, they were Wolves in the FA Cup, oh. wasn't it? No, no, that, no, no, that, that was wasn't, that, wasn't be- that was before no, that. No, it, it wasn't. Because was. uh, the last game I hadn't started here, the Wolves game. Oh, was you're here. right. You yeah. are correct.
1: Yeah, so there you go. So There's the three. Oh, the and Southampton then? There's four. It's four. Well, there's four. loads of them. I oh, they get beat t- every other week.
3: Sir <laughs> 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 Antrim was standard. the one, Sir <laughs> Antrim was the one, yeah. <laughs> aren't you writing this story there? I haven't Have you? written it yet. Oh,
0: I was <laughs> going to say, check your facts.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: yeah. So, but, yeah, an extra, what was 8,000 fans mm. turning up every single week. It's made an impact, hasn't it? Oh, big stand FC. It's amazing. It's um, The press facilities are good. That's the main thing. Um, but, no, it's, um, I mean, I think, I think uh, as you know as well, in terms of the, the press box location, we are... In the main stand, so the the noise and I think the acoustics and everything around it is just just that little bit better, isn't it? I, I, whether it's had the massive impact in terms of atmosphere, I, I think it's, I think the atmosphere improving might be directly correlated to the fact that Liverpool are really good at football again.
1: Well, they're, yeah, they're much more enjoyable to watch exactly. than they have been in the last. And it feels years like there's so. a real
0: mm. you know a real journey that Liverpool are going on under on a- club now. But I think in general, it's 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 a positive move. I think hopefully it gets people. Watching football, you know, young people, local young people, you know, kids watching football on a more regular basis. You know, whether the pricing structure, I know there's the nine pound tickets in the upper main stand, which is you know a local sale. Um, but the main thing is it gets more supporters in watching Liverpool, and ultimately, Liverpool, the size of a club like Liverpool, they need a, they need a stadium. Well, they need the biggest stadium to be fair. So this is the f- a good first step. Fifty four thousand now is. Is a, is a good attendance. It's also
1: so, not enough. It's funny, isn't it? That for years yeah. and years and years it was forty-five. Then it went down to thirty-nine. Back up to forty-five, and now, now it's everyone, 54. everyone, everyone wondered whether or not fifty was too much. Fifty-four is nowhere near enough. No, isn't no, it?
0: 60, 65 for I me. Mean, I think if the Anfield Road end gets the expansion, uh, which is still you know very much planned at some point, I'm sure, I think it would raise it to maybe sixty-two. Would it be? I think it's sixty-two thousand. So. That that's got to be the next step, really, because you, you you look at you look at the main stand. Obviously, you've got to think about the feasibility and the cost and and, and and that sort of thing. But you know, from a purely idealistic point of view, you know, the more people, in the better. The atmosphere mm. is better. It becomes more affordable in theory for people as well, because if they get more tickets, then you know, prices should at the very least freeze. Um, whether it works like that, who knows? But in general, I think it's just been a really positive move, and also it just looks really good on photos. You know, you'd look mm. that 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 stand is an impressive piece of
1: architecture. What do we what are we making of the new camera angle this season? I
3: do you know what? I kind of got used to it being higher up. Yeah, I, I've noticed it against the, against West Ham, and I was like, not used to it. I'm a bit uneasy. I preferred the, the I prefer I preferred the other one.
1: I haven't noticed. I haven't not noticed. Well they've they've moved it from this is it used to be on the front of the second tier of the main stand and now it's kind of moved down a little bit, so I think it's at the back of the, the first tier, which have doesn't you, sound a lot, but it's the angle is, have is, is you
3: watch different. You, you if you watch clips from that Leicester game compared to the game against West Ham, and it is it is different, you'll notice it.
0: It's weird that I haven't gone off it. yeah, because I've, I've been around Anfield for both games, well, so yeah, I mean, obviously I've seen the highlights and yeah. that, but I just haven't... Yeah. No, it's, a, it's
3: a little bit like... It's when Tottenham, it's know, when as, Tottenham was did say, they?
1: It's not as bad as Everton's old one, and Tottenham used to be bad. Bay Munich now... It's pretty bad, I think. Really? Wembley's not great either, Wembley's to be honest. Ways, yeah. It's not as bad as Wembley, but it's not as good as it was. Right, okay. it w- We might take on it.
0: I'll have to, I'll have to look at this. Because I remember the Firmino goal from, from mm. this Leicester game, and it, 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 the camera pa- angle was perfect. It just looked, you know, just as it should have done. Oh, I mean, not that's, that's worrying,
1: that. Kiva, are you bothered about the camera angle?
2: Um, not <laughs> entirely. My God. <laughs> 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 that, no, up, that's, that's a question. you never going to... Yeah, get a ticket, so do <laughs> have to watch it. But, um... Yeah, I took my mum, like, I think we played hall and we beat them 5-1, it was their first ever game at Anfield, like, my granddad had a season ticket for years, but she was the littlest and never got, never got took. talk, but, um, so we are talking, it. it was a really nice day, and she sort of was looking out the windows, like, oh, this is lovely, someone was playing acoustic guitar, I was like, yeah, it's great, isn't it, she was like, oh, it's dead nice, I was like, hasn't always been like this, mum, like, you know, <laughs> trying to sort of tell her, but yeah, just... It feels like more of a like a family experience, especially if you higher up. I think the tickets are cheaper, like nine pound. And like Christian said, like the more the club do that, to, like the League Cup prices are really good. And I think the more they do that, the better. The Blood Red
0: Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Well, you're you're a little younger than the rest of us in here, so you know, we've had a bit more experience in terms of different atmospheres. In your time watching them, is it the best now than it ever has been?
2: I think it feels more like, you know, we call it like fortress Anfield because it doesn't feel like we're going to lose there. And I'd never go to Anfield and think we're going to lose. I always just think we're going to win. You could be 2-0 down, 3-0 down, whatever. You you just always have that feeling and belief. That's always been there. But since this new main stand, I don't know, just this extra little bit of something special. I just, yeah, hopefully they can get the Anfield road end on and then work from there
0: there's definitely been occasions i mean i know it was obviously a very special game but i mean that man city game doily when i mean the main stand was standing and and i don't think that would have happened i think what it's done is it's brought a new as you said like there's a family feel to it and it's also allowed people who wanted to sit together maybe when you know the next batch of season tickets came through to sit together it feels like there's a more of a community spirit there i mean the main stand when i was growing up was always you know Pack lunch and, and flasks of tea <laughs> and all that. You know that was that was the reputation Puffles. it had. Yeah, exactly. It, it was it was the older demographic. Whereas, it just feels you know emboldened now. It feels like it's 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 been brought back to life. And you know, as I said, I know with the Manchester game, it was a special game, but they were pretty much standing for ninety minutes and the ground was shaking at times. It was unbelievable, and I don't think that would have happened. I mean, don't get me wrong, Chelsea, Chelsea 05 I remember. Um, I, you know, that was I'm sure it was shaking that day as well. But, you know, it's there's, there's more people, so it's louder and it's just more intimidating. It's just it's just a, a good stand to be in when things are going right and, and it's gone right.
1: And the good thing from a from a point of view of supporters is the fact when it first got built, if you remember that Southampton game in the League Cup, that was the coldest I've ever been at a football game ever because they hadn't filled the ends in, and everybody went into the concourse at half-time and it was absolutely packed. So I think the club saw that and went, hang on, this could be slightly dangerous and need a better experience. So they did... Something to the stand, I think, it was the beginning of the last season. There's no been any complaints ever since, and it just helps to enclose the atmosphere a little bit more.
0: Yeah, it just it, it feels like... This was, it feels less of an, a stadium now and more of an arena. I know that's a very sort of weird distinction, but It, it is a weird
1: distinction. Could you please explain it to us? I was worried you've got to
0: say <laughs> that. <laughs> and, and, just, it just feels like the sort of... Arena's
1: indoor, isn't it? I know. Arena's and, and indoor. And that maybe
0: that's where I'm coming from. Mm. I just feel like it, it feels like you're watching. I may... Again, this is probably related to what we're seeing on the pitch, but... It feels like more of a spectacle. It feels like you were, you were there. It feels like it feels modern, and it feels like a spectacle, and it feels like you're witnessing something important. Um, and I think part of that is because there are more people there. The atmosphere is better, and um, yeah, just it just it just feels like it's it was the, it has coincided with the moves off the pitch as well, you know, and on the pitch. It just feels like this was the next step, and I don't know if it happened because of this or if it's just a happy coincidence. But it feels like as Liverpool's progressed off the pitch in terms of, you know, commercial and the way they market the club, and obviously the on on field performances, it feels like this stadium's befitting of a club that's trying to become, you know, or reestablish itself as a European giant.
1: Ghosty, is having more fans in and more new fans does that help? Like with the run of the mill games, say your Huddersfield at home, or, or even Southampton at home, which they'll be playing later this month, where the atmosphere is never ever going to be as good as like a European night, or or when they're playing United or Everton, but for those games has that kind of made even them as as was being said already more of an event yeah it's a it's a fair point I mean you think now like people you
3: know the ones who don't go every week people only might go to maybe two or three games a season so they're kind of looking at it like it's, it's an event um, and it's basically a, a chance to make the atmosphere to, I, I know for years that people kind of derided the atmosphere and it only turned off for, for certain big games and so on but a lot of that kind of coincided for me with basically the fortunes of Liverpool. Like since Liverpool have become a force once again, people are going the game with a spring in the step and they're happy to watch what's there. I know for a few of my mates who go said, you know, for years they were just going out of kind of it was habitual and it was just routine and they went just because they went the match. Nowadays the way Liverpool are going, they haven't lost at Anfield in the Premier League for eighteen months, and as Kiva says, they're turning up and it is. You know, becoming a fortress and they are expecting to win two, threes and fours and it, it all just helps create that atmosphere which has been massively improved by the fact that we've got 9,000 new fans in there every week I
0: think what the main stand's done as well is we did, um, when I went on tour with Liverpool in 2014, Fenway Park, it's very sort of the way they renovated Fenway Park and, 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 and you know if you've been to Anfield and It you, doesn't and you've look, been, look
1: like the traditional stadium does it? No, and That's no. the point you're going to get to because if you look at that main stand when that was put up you didn't think, oh, there's a stand. You're like, what on earth is this? Mm. It's like more of a.
0: But it's all a very much, uh, you know, said about the, the acoustic guitars and all that. It's very much about that experience outside the mm. stadium now as well.
1: 96 Avenue.
0: 96 yeah. Avenue. Do you think of course,
1: traditional fans are that fussed about that? Because I can, I, I can tell you now, if that had happened 20 years ago, there'd be massive amounts of resistance to it. Yeah. But do you I, think maybe fans are a little bit more open minded just the way things have gone over the past 20 years with. With stadiums and the whole experience of yeah. watching football having changed so much in that time, you
0: know, my my, you know, my personal reflex action when I sort of see somebody on the guitar singing Fields of Manfield Road, when you know, when you because obviously when we go to the press box, you've got to well, the is press it, room, you've it, got to walk past it. Is the, it to shoot them? <laughs> <laughs> put some earplugs in at least. It's just you know, it's and and how much it actually adds to to. You know the experience for people. I don't know because well, that's,
2: it's not I, bo- it's not bothering people
0: really. It's not about me yeah, exactly, though yeah. as well. I, I, you know, I, it's, it's it's about those people who who go for the first time, and that's important. And I, I do think and people, some
2: people will only go once. Exactly. A season, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I've got family from Derry and Ireland, and they come over like once or twice, and that'll be you know their season. So I think it's about the club sort of trying to get these people in, and you know. Let them have Making a it event, yeah, you know, yeah.
3: Ultimately as well, these people who only go to maybe two or three games a season, they're the ones who are going to be going into the club shop and yeah. spending £40, £50 pound on a Well, it, it, that, That's
1: what said. Somebody Somebody tweeted me about the League Cup season. Uh, ticket prices being you know, 30 quid. They were saying that for people who come from abroad who make the big trip, the, the ticket price is the least of their worries because they're spending mm. hundreds, thousands of pounds getting there. So the difference between a 30 quid ticket, 60 quid ticket is, is nothing but... Those ticket prices for the locals, who are the ones who are more likely to be, you know, turning up, turning out every other week watching them. Mm.
0: I think I think they're getting it right. I, I really do. I, th- I think you, you can't you can't be scared of change and, uh, and and adaptation. And ultimately, Liverpool is a modern football club now. And I understand people maybe turn the noses up at mighty red and. You know the things like. I, I'm. Right, right, I don't, i do not I, I
1: don't turn my nose. But I'm just scared of him. Yeah, to be honest, he is a little bit intimidating. Like not not it, as intimidating it? as the Brazil national team mascot who was Anfield the other month. The right? little budgie. It's a canary. Can, it's a canary. canary. Canarinho, apparently, it's called. What's
0: the difference
1: <laughs> between a budgie <laughs> and a canary? Go on. One of them's yellow. The other one's blue. Well,
0: not stand up. <laughs> <genuine, genuine>, <laughs> what is the question? Then? <laughs> What's the difference between them? I don't know. I thought you were going to tell us. No, I don't either. Well, you just let us all down there. Someone Google
1: it. Yeah, I'll, I'll Google. You I c- thought, you
2: thought it was a joke. I was waiting. Yeah, for yeah. That. it did sound like
0: <laughs> a that's one line, didn't it? We don't yeah. do jokes on here. <laughs> yeah, I just read our stuff. That's <laughs> that's funny. <laughs>
2: I think um, the owners, obviously American, like you say about Fenway Park, they've Americanized the match day mm. culture almost. But it'll never change. You know, if you want to go to a pub or a chippy before the match, you can do whatever you want. It's your it's your day, it, isn't exactly,
0: it? Exactly, and that, mm. the, yeah, that's what I meant about Fenway in terms of w- when I went as a visitor. You know, it was. It was amazing because it, it, there's all it, it it's just a, a row of bars and obviously it's all you know Red Sox themed and all that and it's it, it's an amazing like complex. It's not just the stadium now; it's the complex, and I think that's what Anfield is now, isn't it? You know, it, it's yeah. about the you know I thought they the dealt with the the movement of the Hillsborough Memorial really well. You know, it was very tactful the way they did that, very sensitive issue. But the you know it's a lovely place and it's very prominent. Obviously, all the um, the paving stones are lovely as well. I think that's a really nice move. It's 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 just that it, it retains that family feel, that community feel, but also ultimately, you know, making a bit of money on the back of it. But that's fine because it's it's modern football, and you know, Li- Liverpool had to had to get up to speed with that because we all know the story about the day after Istanbul. You know, they win the yeah. European Cup and the club shops shop are Yeah, you know, they had to make those massive steps, and they have done, and it's reflecting on and off the pitch.
3: In a residential area as well, where space is limited, you have to kind of take your heart off to them for what they have done, don't you? Because it's not like they've got, you know, it's not like Middlesbrough's Riverside where... United, United, Old Trafford. So much space to do whatever they they could get planning permission for, you've got to take into account the people who actually live in the area as well, so it's a fine balancing act for them, isn't
0: it? I do think, again, the priority needs to be Trying to get as many, you know, the next generation of fans, making mm. it affordable for them. I, you know, I don't mind paying 60 sixty pound for the ticket. That's because you're
1: on about ninety grand a year. That's <laughs> why <what. laughs> <laughs> so only, only on my on betting accounts. Um,
0: no, but you know, ultimately it's about the next generation and making sure that they get to see as, as much live football as possible, and, and make sure that we don't lose them.
1: And if anybody's interested, a, a budgie weighs heavier, th- Is weighs more than a canary, and a canary tends to be one solid colour, whereas a budgie tends to be several colours. There so you know now you know the answer. That
2: was the most hilarious joke ever. Well, yeah. it wasn't
0: my joke, was it? it
2: was if you were going to do a joke, know. then
1: what would it be, Christian? Go on.
0: Conjunctivitis.com. There's a site for sore eyes. Please. Oh, God. Right. Yeah, Straight so
2: from the Tim uh, Vine playbook.
1: On, 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 right. unru- <laughs> yeah, on an unrelated <laughs> note... Uh, we had a conversation in the office earlier about uh, what brought us on to it, about the stuff what about are we talking the, about? about the pint. 1080s. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Um Basically, we had a conversation about which Liverpool footballer would you quite fancy going out for a pint with? Oh, my
0: God, you can tell us the international break. Yeah. Well, what is, what is can, going on? It is the
1: international break, but this is just an aside because you've, you've brought up your jokes and it would be quite funny to go out for it. So it's linked. You know, it's seamless, this. It's seamless. So who did we say? Firmino. Firmino, yeah, rather. Partly, um, be- partly because he'd buy them. Yeah. And... Y- y- well, you'd like to think most of them. He d- he d- yeah. He'd end up
3: on the t- on the tables <laughs> <think> in like <laughs> Coyote Ugly or something, he do doing his, his Brazilian dancing.
2: <laughs> I think if you're going for a pint with a Liverpool player, they've got to pay, haven't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're already putting that out there. You're like, oh, yeah. come on, you're paying. You're paying. Yeah. Any any it's any, not, any it's, it's advance? Not gonna, it's not going to be your. No, either. hang on. No, I don't want to. Oh. I don't want to. Not. the not I don't want this to be a negative thing. No, I just no, no, want no, no, a positive thing. No, 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 no. I'm
0: just telling you that like a lot of them, um, the squad is t total. Yeah, but it could be out for a pint of coke or something. oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It just you know, it's it's a.
1: Can be an orange squash. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know it's, very, style. it's a figure of speech. So who would it be?
3: Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Firmino, and then it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I think Allison would be alright. Yeah, all right. I he'd, think he'd, I agree with you. On that plays answers, uh, guitar. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he'd get the guitar. Wouldn't he? Have a bit of a sing song.
1: I get the impression that Kater would be a, a bit slightly. Uh, He's got the moves. Hasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. He'd be interested, shall we say? I think it'd
2: be good. Um, Sturridge and if We just little trio out with them they'd have a lot that'd be
0: alright yeah. it depends what type of night you want though because I think if you wanted like a proper heart-to-heart you know I'm having you know, troubles or whatever and <laughs> I think you, you talk you talk that's to... not the kind of pint that I want to be going out
1: for <laughs> with anybody to be honest come and, come and have a talk
0: <laughs> you, you, I reckon you go for like Milner or, or Henderson I think they'd be you know good, good friends but if you wanted to end up in like Pop World at 4am in the morning are you always
1: going over Pop World you're obsessed I've, I've, you're nearly <laughs> 40 years old now come on
0: well, that, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's why. The music takes me back to my youth. <laughs> <laughs> if you go going to Pop World, it's got to be something like Alberto Moreno. Yeah, Moreno, yeah. definitely. He's on the karaoke in Woodies, yeah. like, yeah. straight away. La Bamba. Yeah, he's doing La Bamba, but really badly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really badly.
1: Uh,
0: anyway. Manny? The... Manny would be good, you know?
1: You no, know, he's too shy, or do you reckon he's not proper shy? I reckon, he, I reckon, he reckon, he's reckon he's not a couple of
0: looseners, sure. yeah. and he, he'd be on the tables as well.
1: So, if any of the uh, players are listening, which we know that you listen to every single podcast we do, You've you been know, told? Please, yeah, please, please feel free to give us a bell, and we'll, we'll all pop out. Yeah. Uh, one final thing we're going to discuss is Champions League. Paul, that obviously starts next week, yeah. uh, and it's be- emerged that Liverpool are already quids in from being in the competition, guaranteed at least thirty-five million. The reality is it's going to be nearer forty million because of the way that the, the TV market money's been divvied out and the fact they haven't even kicked a ball in it yet and already it's it's proven lucrative well that's why owners want to get
3: in there isn't it um you know there's obviously the, the prestige that comes with it and there is something about those european nights where the champions league anthem comes on
1: um the europa league anthems know i, good, I couldn't it. i couldn't even can't i've even heard sing it in quite, in quite head, a few no. times it's not it's not good it's proper pro-evo music <laughs> isn't it
3: <laughs> But essentially, the bottom line is this is why teams want to be in it so desperately um, because of what it puts in the back pocket. It's why, it's why teams would rather stay in the in the Premier League than have a decent run in Europe or try and get into Europe just because of the TV money and the money that you guaranteed from the competition. No difference here. Obviously, it is the biggest competition, the biggest club competition in the world and it's, it's great to be in it. But when you see these figures announced just for being in it, then... You know, it's no wonder why these owners are so desperate to get in there.
2: It's paid yep. for Fabiano, really. Well, exactly was gonna, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. And we've already,
1: yeah. I was going to say that forty million sounds a lot of money, but that it, is like, only one player these days, or so certainly the type of player that Liverpool are looking to improve their squad.
0: Yeah, Oxley Chamberlain was about thirty-five last yeah. year, wasn't he? So, man, he was thirty odd year yeah. before, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, but it just shows you the importance, you know, as as, as much as the emotional, you know, attachment to the to Champions League and how great the European nights are compared to playing Augsburg at home. For example it's just
1: goddess Clavin
0: it take <laughs> Liverpool Clavin maybe never forget him um, but yeah it's 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 vital it just shows you and if Liverpool this this will probably be unpopular but obviously everybody's in this game for for trophies and, and victory and, and and you know success glory but it a bad alternative isn't what doing what Arsenal did for the past fifteen years and basically sustaining themselves with top four finishers and making sure that they become Champions League mainstays. You see what happens to them now, that they're, that they're out of there, that they're obviously shopping in a different market and it just spirals. And to Liverpool, you know, they were, they were shopping at the top table for, for years and years and years. And I know it coincided with Hicks and Gillette obviously, um, you know, the the asset stripper that they undertook but it's it's taken Liverpool this long to recover mm. from basically having a, a, a Europa League squad, you know, into back into a Champions League squad. It means the pressure's so intense. It means it's it's massive. But at the same time, you know, it's 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 what you're in it for. You know, you you are in it for the for the high pressure games. And you know, in, in Klopp, you've got a manager who thrives and that, and they've got owners who obviously enjoy it.
1: Now I said that was going to be the final thing, but I've changed my mind. There's one more thing we can going to discuss, and that's actually to look ahead to this game against Tottenham on uh, on Saturday ghosty are you thinking there might be any team changes because i know you've written a piece today looking at these yes. was it the 22 changes 20, over 20,
3: 22 changes over the next seven
1: games yeah so you've done a job for him haven't you Jurgen Klopp? picked his team he doesn't really he? He you just need to turn up
3: all he needs to do is look on our twitter and see that and yeah. he's box stuff. But, but,
0: but it turns out you don't like Shikari very much oh, apparently Wijnaldum. so yeah Oh, oh Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum. Yeah. i didn't
3: realize this until i was writing it i was kind of thinking what changes would mike klopp making such and such a game and Shekeri features twice, I think, and, and Wijnaldum twice, um, which. But who's going to be, who's gonna the be featuring at Wembley then? Do you think? <clears throat> okay, so the back five is nailed on, isn't it? We on agreements. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think I've gone with the, with the midfield of Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Milner for this one because I think. Really. Yeah, I think as much as as exciting as Kater is and, and he has been so far. I just think there's just going to be one of those games where he's going to have to tighten up a little bit keep it a little bit solid in midfield, trying not to get overrun by the likes of Deli Alley and Christian Eriksen. Um, and I just think Cater is a little bit more leaning towards attacking than he is, um, shutting up shop and, and digging in. So I've gone with that for midfield and then
1: obviously the front three picks itself. I don't think Henderson plays against
3: I, Tottenham.
0: I, I, see I, did, I was going to say, I disagree with Ghosty and I think I told you that at the time. Um, with a few swear words. <laughs> yeah, that we can't say on the I I think that Will look at that Leicester performance in midfield and go, what well, the hell? That was the I just swore. That that was the game which um, they, they lacked the control the most in midfield. And I think that you, you obviously point towards one obvious player who was missing there, and that was Naby Keita. He can be a little bit sort of his decision making still needs to to improve. I think he's still obviously getting up to speed um, with Liverpool in general and and the way Klopp plays. I just feel like you know he, he can be a real defensive attribute to Liverpool as well as an attacking one. Um, and I think he'll want him back in there. I think he'll want Keita back in there straight away just because I think they missed him against Leicester. And I think the, the most the midfield looked controlled against Leicester was that last 20 minutes when he came on.
2: I think even though Alden didn't have his best day at the office against Leicester, I think he stays. And maybe I'm thinking Keita comes in for Henderson or Milner because I don't know, I never feel like I like Henderson and Milner together on the pitch. I kind of think they they don't do the exact same job, but they kind of have that tenacity, the you know that energy. And I don't know. I don't like them sort of playing together. I like to maybe have one start and one coming on later on. So I think yeah, I, he might go unchanged. But I think when Aldham stays, even though he had not a great game, I think he you know played alright for Holland, didn't he?
0: I think the way the midfield sets up now it's almost like a diamond in terms of you've got your, your deep-lying midfielder who's been Wijnaldum for the majority of the season. Then you've got the two midfielders who pretty much play out wide. They drift out while Salah and Mane come in. So, naturally, Milner's been having a really good season because he's been drifting out onto the right-hand side, which is where he plays You know, a very, very large portion of his career. And I just think Cater is better at doing that job because he obviously links up with Robertson. We've seen that a fair bit in the first three games. I think he likes to pick up those pockets of space a little bit like Coutinho did on the left-hand side. And then Fabinho drops and almost becomes a number 10 now while Mane and Salah bomb on. So that sort of... It almost becomes like a four-four-two diamond. I think if you're going to play that system, I don't think the Milner-Henderson-Wijnaldum trio works anymore because I don't think Wijnaldum does what Caser can do. And I don't think necessarily in that role Henderson does what Wijnaldum can do. So... I think if he's going to persist with that sort of sort of role in a 4-4-2 four, four, diamond, I think it's got to be the the midfield that we've seen.
2: It's great to have those options. It's
0: amazing. When you think about how Liverpool stumbled towards the final and they only had three midfielders and you were just crossing your fingers that none of them got injured because there mm. was nobody else, apart from Emery Chan, who was always on the cusp of coming back from a back injury for about four months. It's just, it's, it's a world of difference, isn't it? Because you could even play like Shikeri there, for example. It's not, you know, it's a, you could play Amazon on the race if you really had to.
1: Right. I think that should do us. Join us later this week where we look ahead to the visit to Tottenham. Cheerio.
2: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.